How many of you are thankful for people that have fought for you? Thankful for fighters. Would you keep your applause going? Welcome all those joining us on Facebook Live. Glad you guys are with us today. We are going to continue our series on Nehemiah. We've been taking principles from the passages of Nehemiah, although the story is thousands of years old. We're applying them to our lives now in 2019. And uh, really excited about this weekend's message as we continue through the book of Nehemiah. It's going to be a great day today. You saw some of the faces uh, on the screen from Ontario and Mount Vernon. We're believing for great services there. Uh, our morning service is here. We have another one that will come in after this. Uh, and then we have student uh, gatherings today. We have our marketplace meetup tonight. I'm excited to be part of that. I believe the number now is somewhere in the 90s of people, whether or not they are in management or leadership, business owners, people that have aspirations uh, to, to follow out some of those, those dreams and desires. Uh, and I love just the, the opportunity that StorySide provides for those three locations, for everyone involved in business, leadership, management to come together, hang out for an hour, rub shoulders, network, connect, uh, and see how we can continue to move the kingdom forward, your lives forward. And so if you've not been to one, come tonight, six o'clock. Uh, it is a great, great thing that's happening at StorySide, and you're invited to be part of it. I was recently in the airport, and my wife was with me. We had been traveling uh, to, to speak at a particular uh, place, and we got to the airport early in the morning. We go to get, get a coffee, and when we are getting close to the Starbucks, I'm probably about maybe 10, 20 feet, maybe a little bit further away from the conversation, but I could hear elevated voices of people getting turned away from ordering their Starbucks. How many of you love coffee, just by a show of hands? Uh, if you don't have your coffee, is there anyone that you're just not good to be around? Uh, there was those kind of people in the line. Uh, and they were, multiple people got turned away from the line and as I got closer, I realized you could see on a sign there was an arrow that had been turned, and the arrow was pointing people towards what would be the exit. And so multiple people are just following the arrow, going to the exit, finding out you can't order. Well, by the time they would turn around, other people in the busy airport had already gotten in the line ahead of them. They're feeling cheated. Uh, and so there's just like mounting aggravation two or three of them in a row, it, it's just happening so quickly, but two or three of them in a row are complaining to the Starbucks workers, and the Starbucks workers are telling them, no, you can't order here, you got to go back around. In the middle of this ongoing frustration, as I'm getting closer, I see a guy that goes over to the sign, moves the arrow, is a miracle. The problem was solved. I took out my phone as, as I'm walking closer and observing all this, and, and here's what I wrote down. In life, there are people who simply point out the problems, complaining to the Starbucks workers. There are people who are part of the problem, and then there are people who are actually problem solvers. I would like for you and I 
to be problem solvers, to be part of actually not just complaining about everything that's wrong in our family or our communities or our schools or our nation, right? That, that's, that's easy to point out the problem, that we would be those individuals that would actually say, God, what can you do? How can you use me? What, what part can I play in actually being a problem solver? How many want to be a problem solver? Nehemiah chapter number 4, verse number 8. I want to read a couple of verses to you out of Nehemiah chapter number 4. Verse 8 says, they all plotted. They, not some, not even most. The writer says, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem. They all plotted. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can feel like I'm outnumbered. When I start to think through verses like this in life, sometimes you can feel like, we sang it earlier, but sometimes you can feel like it may look like I'm surrounded. They all, they all plotted. Verse 11, here's what they said. Our enemies said before they, there's two things, before they know it, or before they see us, those are the two, before they know it or before they see us, we will be right there, this is a key word, we will be right there among them. We want to go from around to among. This is, this is going to show how serious this is. We will kill them. That shows the seriousness of what we're reading. We're, we're going to kill them. And we'll put an end to the word. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, thank God for just negative people who remind us over and over again how bad it is. Wherever you turn, wherever you turn, basically there's no way out. Wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and ran. After I looked things over, I quit. After I looked things over and realized wherever I turned, I threw in the towel. Is that what it says? After I looked things over, I stood up. Maybe today's your day to stand up. I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. I heard the joke about the conference speaker who asked the audience, similar to this, asked the audience, how many women want to mother their husbands? One lady all the way in the back raised her hand. The speaker asked, so you want to mother your husband? The lady responded, 
I thought you said smother. (laughs) In this passage, when we read it, we're reminded that the fight is not with your family. Not with your natural family, it's not with your church family. We're not to fight with our family. We're actually allies. We're together. We're a team. He said fight for, not with, for your family. Final verse, verse 15. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot. So the first verse was they all plotted. They all, all. They all plotted. Final verse, we were aware of their plot. God frustrated it. My hope and prayer today in the next 20 or 25 minutes is that the things that the enemy has plotted against you, the attacks that the enemy is bringing against you, the things that he is counting on you not being aware of or or not seeing, that the Holy Spirit, that God's presence is going to quicken something on the inside of you, and you would realize that the enemy's trying to kill you and take you out. Nehemiah said, once we were aware, once we realized that once God frustrated it, we went back to work. When you look at the definition of the word plot, it means to perform or to form secret plans that will result in harmful actions. So they are plotting. It's a secret. People are whispering. You know how that is? You know when people want to link up with other people to complain or criticize or that's what's happening. And it's very serious because they're trying to kill Nehemiah and the workers. When you look at the King James Version, it will use the word hinder. They wanted to hinder. If you look at the Jewish writings, the Jewish writings would use the verbiage, they wanted to throw us into confusion. Other translations would say that part of this confusion is that they wanted to stir things up. So the end result is that they want to kill them. That's really serious. But they are starting with a stir. So the end is, we're going to stop you. But the start is a stir. That we're going to stir them up. You read it with me? We're going to stir up trouble. And ultimately, the stir, you and I, if we're not careful, we can underestimate the power of the stir. You can... You can think, well, it's, it's, just, it's just a stir, but actually the stir ends at stop. There are some people 
There are some people that seem to always stir things up. They may, they may not necessarily walk around with one of these, but symbolically speaking, this is exactly what they do. They walk into a room. They, they pick up their phone to go on social media. It's like in one hand they got their phone and in the other hand You know, it'd be great to think that the only people that ever come to a community is wonderful wheat people, people that come to church are just wonderful wheat people. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's wheat and there's tear. I would love to think that every company, every factory, every job, every school, every business, I would love to think that it's just these kind, gracious, high-five some, someone close to you kind of sheep. But it's not just sheep. There's wolves with one of these. You know, you, you could go sometimes, we're coming up on some of my favorite times of the year. I love Thanksgiving, I love Christmas, I love these family times. It's amazing how often that you could go to a family gathering and you're hoping, like, let's just eat pie. That's really the only reason I'm here. My kids, my little guys, they love mashed potatoes and corn. We can be an hour out from our family gathering, Micaiah and Eliana is already starting. Meemaw making uh, mashed potatoes and corn, like that's their go-to. Meemaw, for me, she'll make seriously six, seven, eight kind of desserts. She has an entire table of like German chocolate cake and there's pumpkin pie and she, she does all these different things. My wife overcooks, they make so much food. And my hope, and my wife knows this, my hope at a lot of gatherings, her family or my family, I just want to eat pie. That's it. Let's watch some football. Let's hug each other. Let's eat pie. And almost every time, someone has to reach in their back pocket and say, hey, before everyone leaves, and it's not enough it's not enough for some people to stir. You know, Proverbs chapter 6 says some people always stir up conflict. That's what the Bible says. Some, it's like their gift in life. Like you're just gifted to get on people's nerves. Like you're gifted. Proverbs 6.19 says there are some people, you can read it, verse 19, there are some people who stir up conflict in the community. Like, think about that. There could be people walking around 
Danville and Fredericktown and Lexington and Mansfield and Ontario and Ashland and Belleville and but like people just walking around. Like like we don't we don't want you to have a peaceful day. We don't want your community to be at rest. We don't want And it's and it's not enough for people just to stir, because I could ask you today, not, not, to, not to give out a name, but I could ask you today, like, who's stirring the pot in your life right now? Like, if you press pause in God's presence right now, just for a moment, and ask yourself, who is stirring the pot in your life? Because right now you see it only as a stir, they are seeing it as we're going to stir until we get you to stop. And they're counting in the middle. You read this with me. They are counting in the middle that you're unaware of it. The enemy said before they know it and before they see it. So we're going to stir. And hopefully we're going to stop. Who is stirring the pot in your life? Because the next question is really important to our future. The next question is, do you get drawn in? Like, you are just scrolling through social media. Wow, that's a cute picture. Oh, look at that. Their kids really growing up. Oh, that's neat. And then all of a sudden, your blood pressure, your emotions, right? You're like, I gotta say something. Well, I can't say that. Delete. Let me say it. No, I don't know if that sounds right. Delete. Like your thumbs are going. For those of you like my wife, I don't know how she does it, but she's like just da -da -da with her finger. How do you do that? How many thumb textures do we have? And they're like, you're, you're more like here with your thumbs. How many of you do this business like my wife with the fingers? Ta -ta 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 -ta. She's got these long nails. Last night, she would tell you, last night I'm trying to go to bed and sleep. I had to tell her two times, babe, stop doing that. She's like, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> it's one thing when they stir. It's another thing when they want to start adding ingredients. I want to help you today. It's one thing when they stir. It's another thing when they say, Dr. Mike said, well, I was talking to Pastor Kristen and even she said, you know, it's, it's like a message I got this week and my sermon was already done before the message, but but they start saying, we don't like this about the church, and we don't like this about you, and we don't like this. And they listed four or five things. And then their final thing, the final thing they say at the bottom is, and we're not the only ones that feel this way. What you're telling me is that it's not enough for you to stir. You want to make sure that you add ingredients to the stir. My question to you is, do you get drawn in? Because a lot of people, they are looking. 
They are looking to add you into their drama. You weren't even upset yet about the school. You didn't even know what was going on with your city board or council. You weren't even aware that he said, that she said, that they told. But the more you're around the stir, they start adding you to the pot. And now all of a sudden you're worked up and mad and frustrated because you got sucked into the stir and you just wanted pumpkin pie. I just wanted pie. That's it. Are you known? Don't raise your hand on this. Maybe you should, actually. Maybe you should. Are you known as someone who stirs? Like if someone could really have an honest conversation with you, would they tell you, you're part of the problem with social media? You're part of the problem in the small group. We're just trying to have a life group to build unity in the church. We're just trying to have relationships because we believe we're better together. But every time you sit down, you have an agenda. Every time you pull up your chair, you have a motive. You're trying. Well, if someone could really tell you the truth, are you known as someone who stirs it up? You see, stirring up is... It's not a new thing in 2019. I, I know we think it is. You watch the news, you, you scroll through social media. I, I know we think it's a new problem. The Bible's full of stirs. I won't read all of them to you, but, but Philippians 1.17, they stirred up trouble for Paul. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs, stirs up anger. Mark 15.11, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd. Proverbs 29, an angry person stirs up conflict. Acts chapter 16, verse 12, so they stirred up the people. Stirring has been around for a long time. And in the verses we read today, these people are trying to stir up Nehemiah. They're trying to get him going. And they're counting on, you read it with me, they're counting on two things before they know it, and they're counting on before you see it. Let me ask you in our final few minutes together today, are you aware of the attack? Are you aware of the attackers? Like right now, is it just a stir? You're like, well, people's just sharing their opinion. People just got a lot on their heart. People's just getting it off their chest. You know, well, you know, it's just a lot, lot of things going on right now. Are you aware of the attack that's even taking place in your life? Come on, Nehemiah. The enemy is counting on you not seeing it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, talking about the enemy. says, the God of this world has a desire, verse 4, to blind us so that we won't see. The enemy wants to position and reposition things in your life. Do you have trusted voices who can help you see? Whether it's a family member, 
whether it's someone who prays with you, maybe it's a spiritual leader, do you have someone in your life that can see what the enemy is trying to do to you? Do you have trusted voices that see things before you? So that it doesn't always have to get to the stop. But they would see it at the stir. Come on, let God's word help you today. So right now, they could see the stir as, are, 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 you, are you talking to someone on your job, in your business, in your life, that right now it's a stir, a little bit of flirting, a little bit of affirmation, a little bit of like a laugh, a jest, a joke, but if we don't stop the stir, this could end up in a full-fledged broken family. Do you have someone in your life that can see the stir and help stop the stir? Like right now, it's just hurt feelings. Right now, you're just upset. Right now, you can't believe you weren't invited. Right now, you can't believe they didn't include you. But over here, it's full-blown offense that Proverbs says is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Do you have someone that can see the stir that says, let it go, forgive, stop, just come on, don't deal with that, because if you let this thing go, you have someone in your life that can see the stir and help you stop it before it gets out of control. Verse 11 says, The enemy said, Before long, we will be among them. Now, I just want you to think about that word because it started, Regina, it started by saying, We're around. Around. Say, Pastor Micah, the reality is there's always someone, you know, in my life, in my city, in my company. I understand that. There's always somebody on social media. So I understand that. I'm not talking about do you have people around you? I'm asking you today if you realize the danger of around getting among. Do, 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 do you see the someone or the something that's trying to get in, into your house, into your marriage, into your child's bedroom, into the phone, into the computer, into the, do you see what's trying to get among? Because they said if we can get among, we'll kill them. Who's creeping up on you? What's creeping up on you? What's saying, if I could just get close enough to him, if I could just get close enough to her, I hope they don't see it, I hope they don't know it, I hope they don't realize it, but if I can get close enough, I'll kill. The Bible says, in this moment of the enemy trying to get among, that Nehemiah also has Nehemiah also has these other people that, 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 I love the details of the Bible, I say it all the time, but, but these other people that 10 times robbed, 10 times, they're telling Nehemiah, hey, wherever you turn, they got you. 
What if I go here? No, they got you. Well, what if I try this? Ah, they got you. Uh, What if I go over? No, they, they got you there too. Ten times they told Nehemiah, wherever you turn, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may, you see how overwhelming it can feel sometimes when you start thinking that they are on every side? Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we get ready to pray. The Bible says, Nehemiah hears all of this. And he stands up. You would almost think after hearing, like, wherever you turn, there's no hope. You you would think when he stands up, he's leaving. Like, hey, peace out, everybody. But he stands up. And he doesn't run. But he tells these people three things. Number one, don't be afraid of them. I don't know who the them is in your life. I don't know who and what's trying to creep up or creep in. Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of them. Number two, he said, I want you to remember how awesome and how great that God is. Don't be afraid of them. It's tough for me to have faith in God when I've got too much fear in them. You know, you and I can waste a lot of emotional energy on our enemies. Nehemiah doesn't start by saying, remember how good God is. He starts by saying, don't be afraid of them. You have to get your eyes off them, the waves, the wind, so that you can get your eyes on God. Don't be afraid of them. And then start telling yourself, he's awesome. He's great. He's so powerful. There's no one like our God. All power belongs to him. There is no one beside him. When you're surrounded, you need to start reminding yourself how good God is. And then number three, he tells them, I want you to fight. Fight. Fight this? Pick up your phone and be like, oh God, here it goes. Fight them? Get sucked into the stir? Nehemiah actually tells them, don't don't base it off of that. I want you to base it off of them. Your son. Your daughter. He starts telling the people, fight for your family. Let me ask you today as as we get ready to pray, who needs you to fight for them? Who? Not what. I, I understand the wall but I want to go deeper than that as we pray. Who? And I'm asking you not to pray a general prayer. God bless the world. Yes, we want him to bless the world. I need you to go deeper than that. Nehemiah didn't just tell them, let's build a wall. 
He wanted them to personalize their prayer. Put a name on it. Put a name on it. You see, I'm sure you would pray, but, but this, is, this is a chair that they use in student ministry for the older children. I, I just got it out of there today. If I said, let's pray for all of the students, all of the older children in the church, every eye closed, just stretch your let's pray for all the kids. I'm sure you would, but it's different when you personalize it. I woke up this morning at about 5 a.m. I couldn't sleep, Sarah. It was interesting because one of the first names that came to my mind this morning when I was praying, I couldn't sleep, just started praying for Jake, for whatever, just started praying for Jake. So when I go back to get the chair this morning, who's the guy that I see up getting all the sound ready? I went up and told him this, Jake. When I walk out, I turn around to walk off, who's there and gives me like a hard high five, almost like knock my hand off, Quinn. So I could ask you, pray for the chairs, pray for all the students and the kids, but it's different when I ask you, let's pray for Jake. When Jake sits in this chair, let's believe that Jake is gonna grow in his faith. Let's believe that Jake is going to be surrounded by the angels of God. Let's believe that Jake. So Dr. Brad, if I said let's pray for all the kids, let's renovate kids ministry, let's have a good kids ministry, I know your heart's there, but it is a little bit different when I say Dr. Brad, call your grandkids' names in prayer right now. Say their names out loud. Gavin, Malia, begin to say their names. That's what Nehemiah is doing here, Bryce. He's saying, I want you to call your daughter's names out loud. Say it out loud. Jenny, name your kids out loud right now. Say Isaac, Hannah, Pastor Desiree. Say their names out loud because you'll fight different. He said, fight for your spouse. I want every marriage to survive. I don't do hundreds of weddings if, if, if I'm thinking there's some statistic that falls apart. I give grace to people on number five and number seven, but my heart is for every marriage to make it, and I pray for them. But when I start praying more specifically, God, touch Angel Marie, protect her mind, protect her heart, keep her face strong, let her stay in the game. It's different when you pray for your spouse. Specifically, (laughs) Nehemiah, Rebecca Nehemiah tells them, don't be afraid of them. Remember how awesome God is. And then specifically, pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. And all of a sudden, when those people had that ignite and reignite on the inside of them, the very next verse, they didn't go back to the stir, they didn't go back to people telling them 10 times, you can't do it, you'll never make it, your family's gonna fall apart, your daughter's not gonna live for God. The moment they began to remember how awesome God was, and they began to pray specific prayers, the Bible says the very next verse, they went back to building the wall. My hope and prayer would be today that some of you in the room and on Facebook Live 
that today you started this message and the enemy was stirring. You started this message and maybe some of you, just like these verses, you weren't really aware. Maybe you didn't see it. That in God's presence today, the Holy Spirit is refocusing and repositioning your mind and your heart to say, I can't let anyone or anything sidetrack me. I can't let anything stop me from fighting for what matters most. This was like the one little leftover chair back there. There was kids sitting in all of these little chairs. I got the one on the end, so one of your kids is standing right now with weary, shaky legs because of me. Fight for your kids. Fight for your grandkids. Say them by name today. You say, Pastor Micah, they're addicted. Pastor Micah, they're wayward. Pastor, Say them by name today. Don't just pray general prayers right now. I'm asking you to pray specific by name prayers right now. Do you close your eyes? And at 10.04, I want us to do the same three steps that Nehemiah did. The first step, don't be afraid of them. Want you to think of all of the stuff you're afraid of right now. What if I get laid off on my job? Can I ask you today, will you take that first step? I'm not going to live by fear. Pastor Mike, I went to the doctor. Can I ask you today, let's not let fear have the upper hand. Pastor Mike, our marriage is really shaky and right now we're just hanging on by a thread and we got to start with this first step. Don't be afraid of them. Fear is such a manipulator. The father of lies, Satan, the enemy, he wants you and I to live in fear. The psalmist told us, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Number one, all over the room, don't be afraid of them. With eyes closed, would you just say that out loud? I'm not going to live in fear. Come on, say it again. I'm not going to live in fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear going to live in fear. Number two, remember how awesome God is. I love the verses of scripture that will talk about God. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The writer in Psalm 18, he's my strength, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, the high tower. Number two, remember how awesome God is. Will you take a moment right now and just tell him how awesome he is? Come on, just let it come out of your lips. There's no one like you. You're my best friend. You're my savior, but you're also my Lord. I exalt you. I hallow your name. I extol you. I lift you up. I magnify you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name.
together all over the room, just tell them you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. And now at 10.07, I'm asking you the third part of Nehemiah's encouragement. Fight for your family. Fight for your future. Fight for your faith. The Bible says this is a good fight. It's a good fight of faith. I'm asking you right now to call them by name. Whether it's a spouse, whether it's a child, whether it's a brother, a sister, a parent, an aunt, an uncle. Will you call them by name right now? God, touch Mike, touch Lois, touch Steve, touch Jill, touch Olivia, touch Stephen, Audrey, Brandon. Come on, call them by name today. Touch Becky, Sammy, Logan, Nathaniel. Call them by name today. Touch Jake. Touch Quinn. Touch Nick Stover today. Come on, call him by name today. Touch Parker. Touch Ashton today. Touch Bryce today. Touch babies in the womb today. Babies that you knew while they're in the womb, forming and shaping them. I pray over our families today. Will you use the power of your tongue? Don't just think it, say it. Say a name today. God, touch my husband, touch my wife. Call their name today. I can't let the stir stop me. Come on, tell yourself that. I can't let the stir stop me. I can't get sucked into the stir. I can't get sidetracked. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I'm not stopping. You're not going to stir me long enough to stop. I'm not stopping. I, I, I know you're saying that I'm surrounded, but I believe today I'm not just surrounded 10 times over by the enemy. I'm surrounded by God. I know that He is with me. God, I feel the Holy Spirit today. I want you to believe it. There is a way out. The enemy will tell you there's no way out of sin. Yes, there is. God can save you. There's no way out of shame. Yes, there is. There's no way out of discouragement and depression. Yes, 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 there is, Nehemiah. Don't be afraid of them. Remember how awesome God is and fight, fight, fight. Fight, 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 fight. God, I pray over every person in this room and everyone online right now. Thank you for stirring up a spirit of fight in them. Thank you for encouraging and strengthening and renewing today that people will not live the sidetracked life, the full of fear life, but the just shall live by faith. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand all over the room today and sing this out to Him? Come on, make it your anthem today. Make it the song of your heart. But I'm surrounded by you.